distraction from the institution. I know you've been getting this question a lot, but if it's really truly a distraction from the institution, why not just resign? Because if I leave, they win. If I leave, the bullies take place. This is bullying. The, rep, the chair of the committee putting out a motion to expel, just introducing it and not calling it privilege, was designed to force me to resign. But he didn't even have the fortitude to go ahead and call the privilege. He had someone else do it, someone who's actually just recently done one on me, which is Congressman D'Esposito. So the reality of it is it's all theater. It's theater for the cameras. It's theater for the microphones. It's theater for the American people at the expense of the American people because no real work's getting done. That is, of course, Congressman George Santos. He uh, is facing for the third time a vote of expulsion on the House floor, likely tomorrow. Certainly momentum heading in the direction of his expulsion within his own party, along with Democrats. He's standing out in front of the House, not on the Capitol steps like he planned, because it turns out members aren't allowed to have press conferences on the Capitol steps. I want to bring in the panel for, in a moment, but just to kind of give a summary of what we've heard up to this point. Uh, he accused multiple members of having rap sheets, something he read uh, in the publication Political, which we aren't totally sure exists at this point. Uh, Protesters in New York City last night in support of the Palestinian cause. He referred to them all as illegal immigrants. Uh, he compared Jamal Bowman, the congressman who pled guilty to pulling a fire alarm, paying a $1,000 fine, writing an apology letter, to the January 6th uh, attack on the Capitol and those individuals as well who are in jail. He said he cooperated for the most part with the ethics inquiry. He did not. He did not uh, sit down for an interview. He also said that the ethics report, which is very damning and contained a lot of receipts, uh, was so thin that it wouldn't have brought charges against him if he were a cop. Of course, he has been indicted. Uh, so that's where things stand right now. Oh, also two action items. He's going to file a slew of ethics complaints with the Office of Congressional Ethics and the aforementioned Jamal Bowman. He will try to submit a privilege, to file a privilege re resolution to expel him as well. He also did promise to go line by line when the time is proper right. to go through that Essex complaint and uh, the ethics findings, rather. And I did think it was notable how he really, again, this was really just something he read in Political, which yeah. is, we're not familiar with the publication. Um, but it was a very clear message, I would say, to Speaker Johnson as well, saying, hey, I'm on your team. I'm on your team. Yeah. Uh, that was tough to miss off the top. For good reason, given Johnson saying he was concerned about precedent, not getting fully behind at all uh, the expulsion, said, we'll get to the panel. This is all theater. He was referring to the expulsion vote. Probably make the argument for what you're watching on one side of your screen right now as well. Joining us now, CNN congressional correspondent Lauren Fox, CNN political commentator of former Trump White House communications director Alyssa Farrah Griffin, CNN senior data reporter Harry Enton, and co-host of the Higher Learning podcast Van Lathan, also CNN anchor of Early Start and chief national affairs analyst Casey Hunt. Um, Lauren, I, I want to start with you. You're there. This is serious. It doesn't have a lot of precedent. And I, and I know we can joke around and we're still trying to figure out what political is as a publication. Um, but explain what this means for the chamber. Yeah, I mean, clearly he was trying to deflect this morning. All eyes are, were, were on whether or not he was going to make a decision this morning to resign. Clearly, that was not his intention for holding this press conference. He wants to distract. He wants to talk about other members. He wants to talk about other people's transgressions without even naming who he is talking about. It's also clear that he's not stepping aside. It's also clear that 
momentum is building for the votes to expel him. Now, we expect that that will come up tomorrow on the House floor. That's when the vote will occur. It's going to be close. It's not clear the votes are there to expel him. Obviously, Speaker Johnson's comments yesterday that he had concerns about setting the wrong precedent that's weighing on members' minds. They realize that that is something that they could potentially be wading into. And you saw Santos really seizing on that this morning. So, Phil, obviously, he's still going. He's still answering reporter questions. But I asked him off the top, why didn't you participate with the Ethics Committee? If you are so concerned that this was a sham report, why didn't you sit down for an interview? And he said he well, did participate. Uh, but I would just note that the committee report is very clear. They did not get the cooperation they were looking for from George Santos. I think his exact words to you in response, Laura, were that he cooperated, quote, for the most part. Um, <laughs> what's interesting as we look at this, you know, you, Lauren just brought up the reservations that we heard about from Speaker Johnson. There is also the very real calculation of the majority and what would happen to that majority. Ryan Zinke told you earlier this morning it should be the same decision, whether that majority is four or 40 people. Casey, when we look at where things stand and the messaging that is being put out by Speaker Johnson, by what we're seeing this morning, where does the momentum sit this morning? It seems like, it, you know, and, and Lauren's been reporting this, it seems like it's against Santos right now that the momentum is toward, uh, it's a wave that is going to, you know, pull him out uh, of Congress. I think that's part of why you saw, I mean, he, this was a performance that he gave this morning, right? I mean, it was a pugnacious performance in, you know, the era of uh, Trumpian politics. He's trying to turn himself uh, into a martyr and likely earn himself, uh, you know, a, a paycheck after uh, he is forced out of Congress. Um, you know, I think it's pretty transparent kind of what's going on there. Now, that said, he is not wrong that it is a remarkable precedent to set to expel someone who has not already been convicted or, you know, most of the expulsions from Congress took place in the context of the Civil War. They were people who fought, literally fought for, um, you know, the enemy of the United States of America in its in its time of, of, of most difficulty. Um, so that's that's true. And that's what you heard from from the House Speaker as well. Um, but I do think that one of the key dynamics here is that it does show you the diminished power of leaders in Congress to do stuff about this, because a big part of the reason there haven't been more expulsions for situations like this is because when we have had this, the person has been informed in no uncertain terms by their leaders that the right thing to do is to exit stage left immediately. And typically they have said, OK, fine, we'll do that. They, 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 the, the leaders have had the power to uh, get members of Congress uh, to do that. And it has not resorted to, you know, what you are seeing on your screen right now, um, which are the people that, that had to be forcibly ejected because they could not be convinced. I mean, I think it's just more evidence, Erica, that, you know, we're living in kind of a shame-free era in our politics. Yeah, yeah Casey, that's a, that's a really good point uh, about usually people just resign. Uh, that has clearly not been the case. Ben, I was watching you... Uh, not in a creepy way, <laughs> during, during that press conference. Glad we clarified, <laughs> so, Phil. As I was saying, I was like, well, that sounds weird. Um, and you kind of had a look of like the Always Sunny in Philadelphia string board <laughs> meme of like trying to put together all of the different pieces. Yeah. Uh, what was that? I was thinking about how much I'm going to miss him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a mascot for America's political unseriousness, mm. and we very much need that. Because we like we act like they're actually people who are navigating through um, 
the country trying to make it better for us, but really we're like a little, a bunch of little George Santos is people that are propping themselves up, not really keeping their eye on the ball and like benefiting themselves. And so I saw him there with a full face of makeup on doing this entire thing, thinking I'm going to miss this guy, man. This guy was, uh, he was the perfect sort of underpinning of how absurd things have gotten. And without that, people get to feign seriousness and not actually do anything and not actually affect anything, but really be him inside. So I was thinking, man, even though he's going to go on to become the greatest reality television star of our time, I was thinking, God, I'm going to miss this guy. Yeah, I was thinking, you're not going to have to miss him for very long. I am not clear that regardless of what happens here, that he is actually going away in that context. I do think you bring up a great point, though, too, about what we are seeing now in terms of lawmakers, right? They're, we are in this shame-free world, as Casey pointed out, and there have been significant questions for a number of years now, perhaps best encapsulated here, of you know, what are lawmakers actually doing, right? And But I, I do mean that on a, on a serious front. And, and looking at what is happening this morning, you have to wonder, too, what voters are saying about that. Well, certainly. And I think that we kind of live in a world where a lot of folks are running for Congress to become political influencers down the road. More and more members have podcasts rather than doing constituent services. Matt Gates, I, you know, what is it that he actually does there? Unclear. But here's what I'll say. I'm hearing the same thing as Casey. I do think that this expulsion resolution uh, ends up passing. It needs a two-thirds majority vote. We know all Democrats are going to be for it. The full New York delegation is calling for this, but it sets up an interesting dynamic in Congress where, of course, Speaker Johnson's going to lose one more vote that he has in a very slim majority. But I would argue it's better for the Republican Party that George Santos be out for the obvious reasons, but also that one of the most vulnerable Republican lawmakers is Mike Lawler, who is a New York member, top target of the DCCC. It's harder for him in a reelection to say, oh, yeah, this guy's my colleague. So it's in the best interest of the institution that he be gone and to hold on to serious member seats. Yeah, but, but, yeah, go ahead. No, I would just say, you mentioned Mike Lawler, the vast majority of New Yorkers wanted George Santos to resign. He could have easily resigned. That's what the vast majority of New Yorkers wanted. 83% of Long Islanders, his home place, wanted him to resign. The vast majority of Republicans wanted him to resign. More New Yorkers want him to resign than wanted Richard Nixon to resign back in 1974. So the fact is, you get this guy coming up here with this populist message, the people are against him. Not with him. This is not a hard equation to solve, folks. Yeah, but Van's going to miss but it. Can I mention, yes, though, please. I do think one thing that some of the Freedom Caucus folks are yeah. arguing is Bob Menendez, who's been indicted by the Department of Justice on corruption charges and aiding a foreign government, is still a sitting U.S. senator. So there is this question over precedent. Why is this, you know, Botox charges and Ferragamo loafers, for some reason, more serious than that? I think it's a valid point. I'm, I mean, my... I, I think probably the OnlyFans um, is probably... <laughs> that the really puts you over the edge. <laughs> I know that's what you were going to bring up, Matt. I just, not, okay, you don't feel like easy. that makes him a little bit more relatable? No, I think to your point, why he kind of encapsulates where like he's like a caricature that's probably far more real than any of us would like to admit about the current state, not just of Washington, but in general.